0: Hello and welcome to the Hot Rod Bible Study, where tonight we are in Part 3 of the Sermon on the Mount. Again, like I mentioned last week, the Sermon on the Mount encompasses chapters 5, 6, and 7, so we'll be in the Sermon on the Mount for a, for a while. Tonight we are in chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 24. So without further ado, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this time where we get to spend together in your word. We thank you for your word. Uh, we really thank you for your love that has shown to us through your word. And Lord, please open our hearts and minds to your, to your word that uh, speak to us as, as uh, we, we read and study your word. And as always, keep Willie Martin out of the way. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Chapter six, verse one says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they might have, that they may have glory from men. Surely, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners, "...of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words." Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debtors, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting assuredly i say to you they have their reward but you when you fast anoint your head with anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will we reward you open it openly Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye, and if therefore your eye is good your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, and that's where we're going to stop tonight. And I think that's plenty enough. And let's see what God has to say to us with this. So again, the first verse says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Charitable needs, being righteous deeds or good deeds, something like that. Okay, this is other translation say that. And to be seen by men. You know, that's just showboating. That's all that is, you know. It's just saying, look at how neat I am, you know, searching for applause or, or possibly attention to yourself. You don't do that. It says, otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Why is that? Well, he's not impressed. <laughs> he's not impressed if you're up there. You know, I always think of the, uh, of the parable of the... Uh, Pharisee and the publican, where the Pharisee goes up there, Oh, God, thank you so much for making me so bitching instead of like this poor uh, publican, the tax collector. And then the tax collector gets up and says, Thank you, Lord, for saving me a sinner. And there's there's the, the whole contrast there. Okay. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, again, righteous or good deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets. Okay, do not sound a trumpet. Don't blow your own horn. That's where that comes from. And hypocrites, okay. Uh, In the older Greek, uh, Hippocritus or hypocrite was an actor. But by the first century, this term came to be used for those who play roles and see the world as their own stage. Again, showboating. Okay. For they do this in the synagogues and in the streets that they might have glory from men. Do we seek glory from men? Well, sometimes, yeah. I guess we do. Uh, We ought not. We are to seek glory, especially in prayer, uh, from God uh, and give him the glory that he deserves. It says here, Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. They are paid in full. There's another Greek word for that, which is apachean, which means paid in full, sort of like um, the word to telestai that was, uh, that Jesus spoke when uh, he was on the cross, paid in full. Now, again, Jesus did not say, hey, I did this work for you. Now you got to pick up the rest, the slack. No, he says, no, no, I paid the price for your sins, paid in full. Verse 3 goes on to say, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, scarcely remembering the thing that you did, okay, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret himself will reward you openly. I was blessed to have a real... uh, Great example of this when I was a teenager. Back when I was about 13, 14 years old, dad said, hey, uh, it was a Wednesday night and it was in the summertime. He says, hey, come on, we're going to church. And I thought, oh, okay. And he went there and nobody else was there. And what we did is we set up these quilting boards for the little old ladies that had quilts doing the next day. And we did that for, oh, I don't know, better part of the summer until one night when some other guy was there and caught us. And then he thinked on us. He thinked on us to the he says, Oh, we can we can organize all the guys to do this, so you're not the only guys that have to do it. And and he thinked on us to the women, and we got this really nice card that was gushing all over, what wonderful guys we were. And one long after that we didn't do it anymore. Because that's not why my dad did it. My dad did not do it to get glory from men. My dad did it because he wanted to serve the Lord quietly. And that really that's really stuck with me all these years. It was great to grow up and have that example. And Going on, it says in verse 5, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, again, the actors, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street so they may be seen by men. Again, show offs. just just like the, the Pharisee and the publican. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward, again, paid in full. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who is in secret will reward you openly. Now, you hear this a lot of times being misquoted on those who are against public prayer, such as a national day of prayer, uh, things doing. Uh, I remember there was a big national uh, time of prayer after, after uh, 9-11 where they all gathered and New York and had all these different guys get up offering prayers and all. And they're all those who are against prayer. Those who are not believers said, well, the Bible says you should go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. This is not the case. This isn't, this isn't what God is saying to us here. He's not saying to us, oh, you can't have public prayer or anything like that. It's back to not showboating. You know, uh, man, when you have corporate prayer, as I've been blessed to be involved in the men's prayer in a number of churches, corporate prayer is, is uh, powerful. That's it. Prayer changes things. It's very powerful. And uh, especially when you are in intercessory prayer, it's great. Jesus is just saying, don't be showboating like these hypocrites. And verse 7 does hit it, though, too. And he's talking about that that showboating stuff against us. When you pray, do not use vain reputations as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Right. Here it is. Clark puts it this way. Prayer requires more of the heart than the tongue. The eloquence of prayer consists in the fervency of desire and, and the simplicity of faith. Another one I heard just the other night was better a heart with no words than words with no heart. That's a John Bunyan quote. I like it. Better a heart with no words than words with no heart. Heart. That's what Jesus is speaking to us about this. Don't be hypocrites. Don't be actors. Don't be showboating. Do these things to the Lord, not to boost your own ego or whatever. Verse 8 goes on, therefore do not be like them, those hypocrites or those heathens that add many words. For your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him, okay, so then why do we pray at all? if God already knows that why even why even waste our time? God already knows what we need, so why are we wasting our breath in prayer uh, Pam already knows what I need let's say would would you like something to drink or something like that? She already knows, but she'd like to hear me say. Yes, please, I'd like that. You know, it's, it's it's the same thing with God. He wants to have a conversation with us. He knows what we need, but he wants that conversation with us. It's just just like when a little kid comes up, hey, you know, you should ask first. You don't just go into the refrigerator and grab a soda pop out of there and leave the can laying around somewhere. He says, may I have that? Sure. You know, that's the same kind of Same kind of relationship that God likes to have with us. So now, what do we have? Jesus gives us this model prayer. Verse nine, it says, in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, speaking to our loving Dad. You know, God wants us to speak to Him. We don't have, this is, this is a, an example of prayer. This is not a, Uh, ordered prayer. You know, it's not like when I call my friend Jim, I don't call him and say, oh, hello, Jim, my friend who lives over off a gopher lane. You know, I I don't do that. You know, I'll just say, hi, Jim. Maybe I should. (laughs) There it is. I set up for the response. But, you know, that's the deal. And it goes on to say, hallowed be your name. Holy. Holy is God's name. Not taking it in vain. Not doing like we talked about last week. Not, not uh, breaking the third commandment. You know that you know. Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. It goes on verse ten. Your kingdom come. As we desire to be. We desire to be in heaven, just like the thief on the cross. Think about that. Okay, here we got. And I really love this, this illustration. Oh, that guy was a murderer, whatever he was, terrible. Actually, he and the other, the two thieves, the two people on the cross on each side of Jesus deserve to be there. And the one that mentioned that says, Hey, we deserve to be here. He hadn't done anything wrong. He doesn't need to be. He shouldn't be. And what does he do? He just says to Jesus, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And what does Jesus reply to him? I tell you the truth that Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Wow. Which also is the deal. Oh, these guys did all this stuff that's so bad, they'll never be in heaven. Hey, this guy did it. But through Christ ended up being in heaven with him. Same thing with us. Same thing with us. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, not our will, but His will. Uh, Let's look a little bit further in the book of Matthew. Let's look at Matthew 26, verse 39. You might be familiar with this. This is when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, okay? And he's there saying, it's here saying that verse 39, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. This is key. Nevertheless, not as I will, but you will. Jesus was in full submission to the Father, as we ought be as well. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not mine. Give us this day our daily bread. Provide for all of our needs. And and God does. You know, you, you think about it. Does he provide for all of our wants? Well, at times, but that isn't the case. What we need, what we need, he provides. We can depend upon him to provide for our needs, just not necessarily our wants. Carson says our needs, not our greeds. Ooh, that's a neat way to put it. Yeah. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. What we need to do is show grace to others in the same manner that grace has been shown to us. (sighs) Oh, but they don't deserve it. Do we? Do we deserve the grace that's been shown to us through Jesus Christ? Yikes. We need to do the same thing. Does that mean, okay, you know, forgive people who sin against us, you know, forgive it, please forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us in the same manner. When we forgive somebody, does that mean that we now need, you know, if they've done a terrible things people do, does that mean we need to go buddy-buddy with them and hang out with them for the rest of their lives and all this stuff and have things like you thought they were before? No, 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 no. What does what forgiveness, what does our act of forgiveness, who does that benefit the most? Us. Because otherwise you're carrying along this stuff, you know, you, you don't need to carry grudges. Carry this stuff along for the rest of your life. No, no. Forgive. Get, get that off of That off of you. Again, we have Jesus as our, as our example here. You know, he paid the price for our sins, even though we're yet sinners. Verse 13. Do not lead us into temptation. Now, that's... God... That's not going to lead us into temptation. Well, let's see what James talks to us about that in chapter 1, starting at the 12th verse. It says here, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, and when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted that I am tempted by God. Okay? For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Okay, this is the whole deal, is when the seed plants within us. This is this is the deal. We will be tested, right? We will be tested. and. This is the thing. Don't... Give us the strength not to be led into temptation because it's our own deal. He's not leading us in temptation. God doesn't. Satan does. And guess what? He knows exactly what we like being tempted with. He knows exactly what what our pet sins are. Okay. And it goes on to say, but deliver us from the evil one. Put a hedge of protection around us, please. Just just as Job. Boy, we... we Went through the book of Job. Seemed like it took us most of the year. Of course, it's 42 chapters. So pretty good. Pretty good that way. And man, it's like, you know, Satan says, oh, well, you know, you've put this hedge of protection around Job. Well, if you take that down, he'll curse you to your face. He didn't. It's a whole other deal. Pretty neat, interesting study. Okay. You're, whoa, what did I do? Well, I get the right place some from the evil one. I'm minus a page. There we go. There we go. How did that get messed up? Easily enough. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Now, there are those who leave it off, uh, but it does show it in Matthew. And what it is is a doxology. What is a doxology? Well, that's a short hymn of praise. Uh, growing up, in uh, Lutheran faith tradition, we'd sing, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. You know, Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's a doxology. This is a short doxology. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive them and their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you yours. Again, how can we expect God to forgive us when we won't forgive others? Hmm, you know, again, not holding on to grudges, doing these various things, which is easy to hold on to. Verse 16, moreover, when you fast, again, it's not if you fast, it's when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites, the actors, with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may be, may appear to be men to be fasting. You know, again, back to that showboating thing. nope, nope, nope. No, don't be the actor. Assuredly, I say to you, they have received their what? Their reward. Again, they're paid in full. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Just like verses four, verses six, same thing. You will be rewarded openly. Now, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves tre- treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy where thieves break in and steal. Hey, Here's a note on that. Treasures for yourself on earth is also to doom yourself to a life of frustration and emptiness. Regarding material things, the secret to happiness is not more, but contentment. In a 1992 survey... That's been a while ago. Same thing holds true now, I'm sure. People asked how much money they would have to make to have the American dream. Those who earn $25,000 or less a year thought they would need about $54,000. Those in the $100,000 annual income bracket said they could buy the dream for approximately $192,000 a year. These figures indicate that typically we that think we would have to double our income in order to find the good life. Apostle Paul had the right idea in 1st Timothy, though, is now godliness with contentment is great gain. I've also heard the saying is contentment ain't getting what you want. It's wanting what you got. When you're always chasing after that dollar or whatever that deal is, it's not going to, not going to satisfy you. Verse 20 says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves will not break in and steal. You know, there's also that old saying that you never see a U-Haul being hooked up behind a hearse. You know, that's it. Unless I guess you work for a U-Haul company. Okay, now, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also that's another thing I've heard of you want to know where your where your heart is look at your checkbook what do you spend your most amount of money on That's not and today I guess that's almost a, a antiquated term looking in your checkbook cuz most things get paid online well look at your look at your credit cards or your or your uh uh atm card stub see how much of where you're putting your money Hmm, verse 22, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your body will be full of darkness. Isn't that interesting? That's an interesting way to put that. You know, okay, so if you're not letting in the light, then you just have darkness. I. I you see that where people get in that darkness and they get it can't get out of it, you know? It can't get out of it. Man, I'll tell you what, if if I can, in in our house, I like having all the blinds open and all that stuff. I like letting light in. I, 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 I need that because it's easy when you're in the darkness to get into depression and follow in and the evil one will get a hold of you. Again, it goes on to say, If your eye is is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Therefore, the light that is in you is darkness. How great is that darkness? Um, The New Living Translation puts it this way. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if you think, there it is, if you think you, what you, if you think, pardon me, there it is, and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is? Wow. Well, if you think that you're full of light and you're actually full of darkness, how deep is that? Let me finish up here. Verse 24, where it says, No one can serve two masters. We've heard this for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, which is materialism, which is money. Um, Ancient Israel thought that it could serve both God and Baal, right? And that's when God let them go on, let them go on, and finally they're taken off into captivity because they can't do this. Can we do that too? Can we serve two masters? They couldn't. We can't either. No way. We can't. Who are you going to, it's down to who are you going to serve? What is, what was it? It was a, uh, um, yeah, it was a Bob Dylan song. It says, you got to serve somebody. Isn't that interesting? And that's true. And we serve the Lord. And with gladness. It, it makes us happier. All right, and that's, you know, really, and that's what the Sermon on the Mount really is telling us is, you know, don't listen to false teachers. Don't um, think you're going to get happiness through the things of the world, but follow what Jesus is laying out for us here in this sermon. It has, again, been uh, uh, touted as the greatest sermon ever preached. Uh, I have no, uh, I, I can't, Say anything against that? I think it is, it would, especially when you put it all together. Um, when we adhere to it, uh, it's just been all around for us. Okay, um, I've had a couple of uh, prayer requests, and get more and more prayer requests. And that's good. And again, if you have any, feel free to do that. Contact me through uh, either Facebook or through the the uh, the uh, website. Call me, those of you who have a number, text me, whatever the deal is. Uh, more than happy to do that. Uh, tonight, I'm sorry to, uh, to announce, there many of you already know this, but a good friend of the Hot Rod Bible study uh, by the name of Randy Cunningham passed away this past a week ago today. Uh, I can't tell you anything about services yet. I'll see what I can do, but anyway, Uh, We need to lift all those who uh, mourn his loss up. And also a young man by the name of Tyler who had brain surgery today. I believe this is his third round with it where he has brain cancer and it's just, just been a real tough go. So we'll lift, uh, lift this, these prayers up. Gracious Heavenly Father, we, we know that you are the greatest physician There is, and that through you, miracles can be done. We have seen these miracles. And Lord, we pray that you be with Tyler. I assume the uh, procedure is done now. Lord, I pray that you just place your healing touch on him and that you be with all those who attend him and comfort the family as well. And speaking of comfort, Lord, I pray that you pour out the comfort that only you can provide the peace that surpasses all understanding on all those who, who mourn the loss of my friend Randy. Just uh, be with them, Lord, and comfort them as only you can. And with that, I have to—I huh, guess I should say—questions, comments, or smart aleck remarks, because that—that's part of the liturgy of the hot rod Bible study. And seeing none, I just like to say, the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.